and uh, go on, let's do it. Do it? Yeah. All right. Well, I'll cut out this beginning part. <laughs> I won't throw you under the bus. Best bit. Yeah. Gotta wake up. What are you drinking there? Ah, Ribena. Robina? What is Robina? Ribena. Ribena? What is Ribena? Blackcurrant juice. It's like... It's just like it. Welcome back. Plans are optional. Uh, Marty and Neil this time. We are Sans Andrew. That's right. Uh, he is getting a little busy uh, preparing to um, change locations again, uh, just locally where he's at. So with that, he couldn't make it today. So no, Andrew. Um, so you're stuck with us. <laughs> Apologies in advance. And Why? also, Andrew's not editing, too. So this is going to be an adventure, this episode. And Why can't he make it? What is like? I don't get that part. Andrew's in the process of moving, so Andrew bought a house, and he's moving from apartment life to being a homeowner, and so he's trying to do some final painting and touch-ups um, and projects before he moves everything in, and so with that, and also cleaning up his apartment and everything and transitioning. So with that, he's got a little bit of real life stuff going on that doesn't allow him to uh, record or edit a podcast because he's he's the editor. So uh, you know, it's it's going to be a ride. This week is going to be definitely a ride. And um, the other fun thing that's going to be a ride is Neil. Neil, what were you doing right before this podcast? I just fell asleep. I've, I've, I've been up since five o'clock this morning. I, I was ready to do the podcast and then I passed out. And uh, so I'm kind of groggy. So we got to wake him up. Neil, it's been a few days since we talked. Yeah. Um, you and I just like normally we talk over Rock League, but we haven't. We haven't played. We haven't done anything. We haven't no. like, what's up, man? Uh, not a lot, man. I mean, same old, same old again. Um, again, uh, it's this COVID nonsense, so don't do much, really. Just work and stay home a lot. Um, trying to think. I mean, no Rocket League. Um, yeah, why is that? Why You're usually the one who's like the most gung-ho out of all of us. Uh, to play Rocket League. What have you been... There has to be something that's going on that's preventing you from... I feel like you guys... You guys have been busy. Um, And I've been busy um, just doing... Just doing home stuff, really. I've been doing D&D again with the kids, so I've been spending a bit of time trying to get that going because they wanted me to do that, start that back up. So that was quite quite a lot of work um but uh yeah that's it i got no i got no good excuse man so you've been playing dnd more with the kids are you like getting the neighborhood kids are they zooming in or like what's going on how is this working or are you just playing with your two kids a dnd no, campaign it's just me and my two kids and my wife so there's only three of them um but this time around we decided to really build the characters um, instead of using the starter set that it comes with and taking the predefined things. So we've spent a lot of time doing that and I had to like re-familiarize myself with a lot of what's going on. Um, And that's about it. I I think they just, my son got a couple of books given to him by a friend and that sort of re-insparked his his interest. Re-insparked? That's not very, it's not a word, is it? reinvigorated re-sparked um anyway yeah he um so they've been on me to do it so so we're back we're doing that now um and um yeah it's good it's fun all right so what is his character it's a lot what is his character oh his character so he decided to go with a um a tabaxi which is a I guess it's one of the newer races of characters that's not actually in the book 
um, that I have, making it extra, you know, doubly difficult to figure out what's going on and how those things work. Um, it's like they're like a cat race, a race of like cat type people. And he's a rogue. And yesterday he picked his background um, and he decided that he would pick a criminal as his background. So basically, he's just a money um, obsessed, kleptomaniac cat rogue um, that's, you know, stealthy and just steals stuff all the time. That's his plan is to pickpocket his way through the through the adventure and the world. Um and my daughter is a dragonborn, which is this humanoid dragon race, mm-hmm. um, barbarian. And she is just a brutish, rage-induced, berserking barbarian. Um, background she picked for... What was, what was her background? It was... Oh, Outlander. So... Uh, likes animals so basically she's Lenny from Mice and Men <laughs> is what it comes down to <laughs> it's funny because like yeah. when I think of like whenever you describe your children like it seems like your daughter is just like head head first like charging into whatever that's going on and it's just really gung-ho about it right and then your son is going to be more of the like slinky click cat like kind of just like um, tiptoeing around cat burglar. Um, in this case, mean. he's really kind of a cat burglar. Burglar, and so, <laughs> yeah. so those characters are really them. Um, are, what about is, the misses? Uh, she is a a dark elf, which I think they call them drow. The drow, um, sorceress, um, background sage. So a very a learned. Um, a learned elf who the dark elves, as far as I the book says, they went underground many many years ago, and so they are very keen. Um, they live in darkness, so they they have keen night vision. Um, and the sorceress, you know, so she's the one with the spells and stuff. Um, but she's the last one we're finishing up, so we still have to pick her spells, and she still has to get the specific uh, traits and um, personality traits for the background of the sage, which she hasn't she hasn't picked at those yet. Um, Again, your your wife is very much on point. Yeah, I know, right? They're all on point, <laughs> aren't they? Yeah, that's that's, that's perfect. Yeah. And you're just are you going to stick with the, the the basic campaign, or are you going to like? We're going to start over or we're redoing do... the one that we started because um, we didn't get very far, which is a starter campaign that, that was invented. Um, and then after that, if you know, we can just do any campaigns, I guess. Um, so yeah, it's the minds of Fandulva, I think it is. You got to go and see if you can help someone out and, and find these lost mines that were centuries ago that were, um, Raid. They used to be run by dwarves and were like a center for magical power. And then orcs came and, um, you know, ravaged them and the local town and the town went into ruin. And now, like three or four hundred years later, the ruins of the town have been sort of like people have gone back to resettle there. And it's like a little frontier town. Um, and I think the adventure is to find these people who claim to have found the the, the missing cave like the the way back in um and so yeah that's that's where we're gonna be but they keep the thing is is they bug me to play it like every day and it's like it's not something you can just pick up and play and it the amount of preparation work that i have to do is ridiculous and i actually like I've been through four pieces of software in the last two or three days, map building software, because I've got an old monitor. And what a lot of people do is put their uh, TVs and monitors inside custom made wooden cases to make like a virtual tabletop, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And then you can have the maps on the table. Um, and move the characters on the map. And there's software that, you know, allows you to control the players and uh, get those maps to scale and put the put the tokens in, put the bad monsters in and stuff like that. 
So I've ended up going through all this software and like you've got to get all these maps ready and, and it's just so much work to prepare the campaign, to learn about it, to know what's going to happen so you can actually run it. Um, and it just, uh, I guess that's why I fell asleep. <laughs> killing me. So they're they're working you to the bone. They're making you burn both both ends of the candle, huh? Pretty much. But that's awesome. That's good that they're getting back into it. Um, you know, I mean, that's a good family activity as well. I mean, it's a lot of back work for you, but at the same time, you get like, whoa, whoa, whoa! I need I need some alone time. I got to work on on the campaign. So you got some built in kind of things. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if they want to play, they got to give you some alone time. So like. There, there you go. You can, and you can be back making your cocktails. Dad, <laughs> dad's got a, dad's got to work on the campaign. I need some, some cocktails. Margarita. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It makes, that makes campaigns a lot easier. Yeah. Um, I know at my job, we had a student who had never played, um, D and D before. And the first thing he wanted to do, uh, was like, I want to buy a, an ale or a beer and, <laughs> and the DM was just like, uh, well, they're called ales. And it's like, okay, I want to buy an ale. And the guy, the team just goes, well, you don't have any gold. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so it just, it threw the whole game off from there. So, well, that's I, a, so gold's a funny thing because, um, as I build these characters up, when you pick the background, they all give you some gold, a pouch with 10, 15, usually 15, um, gold pieces but sometimes like if you pick the noble background you get like 25 gold pieces or if you pick like the they have the urchin background if you choose to be the little street urchin you only get 10 gold pieces and if you choose to be like the hermit you know you get like 10 but it gives you gold and and um my daughter's character is the barbarian with the she has a skill in animal handling and really all she wants really honestly apart from just bashing things is to is to have a um a unicorn a flying unicorn or a phoenix neither of which i think are officially in the game um but obviously D, you can adapt right so you can take, right. take an existing flying creature and say yeah that's uh that's a flying unicorn blah 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 but she's like every even when we're like out you know doing stuff or whatever it's like dad can i get this can i is, can i get a unicorn uh yeah sure how much is it uh it's like um and i just like make up a number so i usually think of something high right thinking it'll put him off so oh okay got it perfect and then she's asked me like how much is a cat how much is a horse how much is a griffin how much is an owl bear? And then and then I go and I find this piece of paper and she's writing it all down. She's got a list of all the prices of animals that I've told her on on a piece of paper so that she knows exactly how much it's all going to cost later on. Um, and there's this little note and it's hilarious. It says, flying unicorn, 5,000 gold pieces. My character, 27 gold pieces. <laughs> and she's like doing the math to figure out how you know and that you know she's quite some ways away from from being able to get it but um yeah they just want to buy stuff um so what i'm sure one of the very first things we do when we start is they're going to you know uh, want go go to the store go to the the merchant and get some clothes because also clothes it's like can i get this clothes can i wear this kind of clothes can i get gold shoes i'm like <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> hey, when you're raiding a dungeon, you gotta look fly. Yeah. That's I mean you gotta look good, you know? Like that I think that's the law. Like I think that's fair. It's definitely fair. <laughs> now I'm gonna ask you a question here. I play a lot of board games and I never got into D D. Um, but one game I did play, um, is munchkin have you ever played munchkin because i think munchkin would be a good kind of starter thing hmm. for them as well that is I've also heard of, quick i've heard of munchkin but no i've never never played it because it, it the first set is based off of kind of D where you're all going into a dungeon together and then there's the base cards and then there's um expansions off of there but then there's um offshoots too so 
the first one is kind of based on Dungeons and Dragons, but then there's a pirate munchkin where all the cards are pirate themed and then uh, secret agents so like spy. Um, they have superhero apocalypse, like kind of end of the world stuff, Cthulhu and like Lovecraftian. I think you should check it out. They're pretty good. Maybe I'll gift you guys that here. I guess I owe you a birthday present anyway. So um, you old man, you. Well, I see Cthulhu. Um a lot like using that software i see all these cthulhu adventures that you can get um that's compatible with a lot of this software but i i wasn't really sure i don't really know what it is so cthulhu you you never read up on your hp lovecraft not really no i mean i no that's i mean that's a perfect segue into a new series that's coming out on hbo max from um what jordan peele um, is that his name? Uh, where it's Lovecraft uh, County, where they bring in all like the Lovecraftian monsters and other adventures hmm. um, kind of thing. I'm looking forward to it. Um, not that I was a big Lovecraftian kind of person, but um, horror stuff is not my horror monster stuff is not really my jam. But um, uh, it looks intriguing after everything. Jordan Peele is one of the best filmmakers, uh, visionaries um, right now. Um, this is, what was it? Us. Um, what was the other one that he did? Um, about the interracial couple and they go back to the um, the daughter's home and he gets like trapped. Um. It was a big hit, and now now he's making like the Twilight Zone series. Um, he's doing like he's part involved with like the Candyman remake. So I mean, he's got some really cool projects and things coming out. Hmm. Sounds good. I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's not really my jam either, um, but it does sound interesting. All right. Well, Casillo. Do some reading up on that. Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, Facebook-wise, uh, comment from the librarian. Uh, a, she says that we need to write, or we need to have a poem write every time, and that was hysterical. And that she also said, I was right, and that Neil is one syllable always. So my line of the haiku was right. Andrew... Marty, Neil. Neil is one syllable? Yeah. Neil is not one syllable. It's on the post. You it's can argue with the librarian. Syllable. Why would you say that? That's what that's what the librarian said. So that's that's the interaction off the Facebook. I have not checked the Twitter, so I don't know what's going on there. Um Yeah. Huh? I'm gonna look this up. Maybe it's on the internet. All right. How many? Oh yeah. Wondering why Neil is one syllable. Contact us and we'll explain. What? <laughs> one, according to the website howmanysyllables.com. Of course that exists. Syllable stress. How do you pronounce Neil? Neil. That's. That's just blown my mind. I've lived my whole life thinking I was a two-syllable person. <laughs> Jesus. Well, check Marty. How how many syllables is Marty? Well, that's clearly two. <laughs> yeah. What about Andrew? Two. Yeah. Okay. So five. So, so it there works we go. For the Andrew, hunt. Marty, Neil. Yeah. Andrew, Marty, Neil. My line works. I can't believe that that's one syllable. Oh, well. Woo. You learned something new. Vindication. I thought she was going to say I was wrong about our conversation about time, and that would be... Which I do have an update on. I do want to have an update on that. Because in the lieu of not playing Rocket League with you and Andrew, I have started diving into HBO Max. And for a long time, I watched uh, The Big Bang Theory, and I don't remember what season I stopped on. So I just kind of picked seven or eight, and I started watching. But I got up to a point where they started arguing about Back to the Future. Hmm. Okay. And this is a little... Let's get your take on this here because 
they were talking about how on the timeline, if Biff goes back in Back to the Future 2 to give the almanac to himself, he should not have been able to get into or take the DeLorean back to the 2015 timeline that he was originally from because it would have created a splinter time, like a a splinter timeline. So he was coming from a a timeline, went back, caused a divergent to where he would no longer exist. That's, again, why he faded out. But because of that, he shouldn't have been able to get back to that original 2015 where he was from. Okay. So, I mean, the filmmakers play with it a little bit and that he like hands him the, the, the almanac and then he goes back in time and then fades out after he parks the DeLorean, like kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But, Oh, what was the, what was the, then Sheldon gets up and he goes with, when he goes back, it would create a different timeline. And so where they were, they couldn't have gone back to the previous timeline because where they were at was already a different timeline. And so right, because they wouldn't have been able to do it. And so it would have created a whole loop of impossibility. Yeah. So there's actually a great video on YouTube for anyone that's interested in this stuff where some guy talks about um, and vis- visually depicts different timelines in different movies and how they handle time travel. And Back to the Future is one of those um, in the conversation, along with a lot of other, you know, famous, uh, well-known movies that use time travel to some degree. And Back to the Future, because as you said, they were already on a different timeline because when Marty first went back, his actions um, caused a uh, change to the timeline that Marty ended up returning to where his parents were more successful versions of themselves from the beginning of the movie, right? Mm-hmm. So um, that's one form of, you know, a re- it's quite a simple one, but it's like you jump back in time from a future po- from a future point, you go back in time. As you go back in time to that, to that point, any actions that you take in between that time and the, the point in which you left that time um, in the Back to the Future, you know, um, uh, handling of the timeline creates a new, you know, it's, it's a different line of time completely. It's like it diverges from the, the original timeline that you were on. Mm-hmm. And obviously you can keep doing that. Um, and if you keep doing that off, the, off of different, different timelines, then, you know, yeah, you just keep creating these offshoot these offshoot time uh, paths or whatever you call them. Um, but there's some, it's a good video actually. It's, it's interesting. Uh, and it, it ends with um, the discussion of the movie that he thought was the best for time and not because of its complication, but because of its consistency. Um, because most of the movies that deal with time, obviously they create various inconsistencies. Have you ever seen that movie... Um, not Looper, which was really good, but that indie film, the indie movie where they have the video camera that you sit in front of it. You go into the box, and when you're in the box, you go back in time. But in going back in, but it takes as much time to go back in time as the time that you're sitting in the box for. It's an absolutely astounding movie. Um, I'll have to, I'll have to look it up. Um, but it, it's such a head fuck. Um, but really well done. Um, hold on, I'll find it. Um, but, but just while I look for that, uh, Harry Potter actually is the one where he said, and he shows the diagram, Harry Potter is very interesting because it just, all that happens in Harry Potter is, is um, the, you, there's only one timeline and you can go back in time at any point on the timeline, which is what Harry does when he has to go back and he has to save himself right but in harry potter it's done in a way whereby you simply cannot not save yourself because you, there's no offshoots of time and it's more it's like your consistency the consistency of the of the timeline is is like fully realized because 
Um, you can only ever be on one timeline and you can only exist in between those two points. So you can't, um, like in the Harry Potter, the, the, the moment from which you go back in time to the point you go back, in that space in between, in which theoretically you've gone back in time and there's two versions of you on the timeline, mm-hmm. you can't, you when you get to the end of it, you sort of merge back into the same same one or something like that. I forget, but it's... Uh, well, no, because they spin the time turner forward to get back. Oh, is that what they did? Yeah. Uh, time travel movie. It's because they, they then destroy the time turner. Right. Um, but the... Because they're... Um, what do you call it? They go back. They save... Um, um, is it the hippogriff from the executioner and the prisoner of Azkaban and then uh, the Patronus um, Harry's battling the Dementors and he conjures the Patronus to save himself with his own Patronus Um, in which case then they use the time turner to go back Um, because then it's like they never left it's because then they like appear um right at that point so at never point do they merge back into um because that point they they re-emerge right after where they left to go back so there's no gap right so yeah um harry potter does a decent job with it um Time time travel movies will just mess you up. They do. So the movie um, the movie I was referring to is Primer. Have you ever seen Primer? No, I haven't. No, it's such a movie, man. You got to watch it. It's just nuts. Um, I remember I saw it years ago, but it's great. It's really good. The Looper was good. I really enjoyed Looper. That was the movie yeah. that I thought Ryan Johnson was going to do well with. Um, when I got excited about that when when they announced he was going to direct The Last Jedi and then that sucked talk about wanting to go back into time for that movie but you disagree with me on that <laughs> like ugh. but no I agree with you Back to the Future um, the first one at the very end he, when he goes back into time hit the timeline that he goes back to his family has made a lot of money from his dad writing the book um, and so it, it he goes back on a different timeline. It's not his old timeline because he has the truck and everything. So things are skewed um, differently. And then it happens in Back to the Future 2, which now that I think about it, it is. I always thought it was like the perfect like encapsulation of time travel. Um, but now that I think about it, it's flawed. Like it, it really is flawed. So maybe the new Avengers Endgame time travel stuff is right. But yeah, I'm gonna ma- I'm gonna go back to my original argument and say time travel cannot happen because it's on a it's a starts at a point and goes infinitely the other direction. Well, so, uh, not to again now we're back on time, but I was also watching a, a physics video the other day and they were saying that um, which we didn't discuss when we discussed time, but they were saying that um, time the one. The one thing about time in our universe, as it's understood with with current models of physics, is that it relates very closely to entropy because entropy, the law of entropy or the second law of thermodynamics or whatever it's called, um, states that entropy will always um, increase over time, right? There's always there's continual, continuous um, quote-unquote disorder, what people think of as disorder or chaos, um, but they're saying a different way of, th- of thinking about entropy is not to think of it as disorder, but it's a, it's actually something by which time, without that law, time wouldn't exist is what they, so that's what they say. Um, and the fact that entropy only goes in one direction, um, most likely they believe, even though um, 
mathematically, time travel is perfectly possible and, and you can reverse all the equations and they'll work perfectly fine backwards. And if you were living in a universe where time was going backwards, you wouldn't know it. You wouldn't, there's nothing, it's not like the laws of the universe will break down or things wouldn't work. However, entropy is the key thing because if we were to literally reverse time, entropy would, would, would decrease and that would violate that's what that is the main thing that would be violated is that is that law apparently so that i thought that was kind of interesting and we got to the real reason that andrew did not want to be on the podcast because (laughs) when it's marty and neil driving the show we get on these long tangent conversations that are actually surprisingly intellectual and that we sometimes maybe know what we're talking about but we don't really know what we're talking about not really and (laughs) He's just like, oh, my gosh, this is, (laughs) you know, the other really cool time travel movie, which I saw on Netflix one time when I was uh, on a train to Chicago. um, Hot Tub Time Machine? Was, uh, no, I never saw Hot Tub Time Machine. (sighs) Watch the first one. Don't watch the second one. Okay. Uh, No, uh, Predestination. That was actually a really good movie. Um, predestination. So, primer and predestination, predestination are the are the two movie recommendations this week from Neil for time stuff. Um, although Loop is awesome too, as you said. Um, mm-hmm. But give those a shot. I'm looking at the best time travel movies of all time, which actually lists X Men, um, Days of Future Past, as well. Yeah, because um, they do go back in time to okay. the seventies in that one. So, Fair enough. And 12, first Monkeys, class, 12 Monkeys was sick. And 12 Monkeys is on my HBO Max queue right now. You've so. never seen 12 Monkeys? I've never seen 12 oh, Monkeys. You've got to see that just to see Brad Pitt. Not uh, because Brad Pitt's hot or anything, but just his performance was great. Um, it's like the first time I saw Brad Pitt and I was like, huh, that guy's like legit, like really good actor. I will say uh, younger Brad Pitt films were in that edgy, gritty, kind of grungy, like, stuff. I mean, maybe it's David Fincher, um, which David Fincher did not direct uh, 12 Monkeys. Terry Gilliam did. But, uh, I mean, you got to think of, like, a three-movie span where he does um, Seven, Fight Club, and 12 Monkeys. Like, and I've never seen 12 Monkeys, but I just know it's a really kind of gritty edgy film kind Mm -hmm. of thing and with those three films like that's like industrial like kind of in that same kind of realm um that's late late 2000s yeah early our late 90s early 2000s like psychological just kind of head trip stuff Mm -hmm. that you may not be like ready for and it's great. Like the uh, Fight Club is an amazing film. Seven is an amazing film. They're two of my favorite. I would. They're not going to be in my top ten films, but they are definitely in my top fifty. Like I'm gonna. I, I bought them both on Blu-ray. Like I enjoy them both immensely. Um, and I just like David Fincher too. Like he, he does some really good films. Um, some you can only watch once, but we won't get into that conversation. But uh, just that, those two films and like 12 Monkeys, like I said, it's on my list. It's been on my list to see for a while. And there is a TV show, 12 Monkeys, as well. Huh. I've never checked it out. Maybe we, since we just read The Hot Zone and that was all about monkeys, maybe we should all watch 12 Monkeys, the movie and then the, the series. But you know what I'm excited for? Lucifer season five is coming out here in oh, August. No, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you, dude, I watched it. I remember, I think I watched like season one and it's watchable stuff, but it's a bit, I can't watch that. I can't watch five seasons of that stuff, man. It's a oh, bit. Oh, come on. It's, it's <laughs> not that good. It's just, <laughs> yeah. It, I'm watching uh, Peaky Blinders right now is what I'm watching. Um, which is, I, I like it. It's pretty good. Um, it's decent, decently made um, TV drama. Lucifer, hmm, 
and who's the star in Peaky Blinders again? It's, it's um, uh, Killian Murphy is the main. That's right. Um, the main guy plays Thomas Shelby, one the old um, the leader of the the Peaky Blinders back in the eighteen hundreds. Um, a Birmingham, you know, gang of, of you know violent gang that took over and sort of owned a lot of the city, organized crime basically. Um, some good actors in it. There's there's this one guy I don't know his name, and he plays this one cow. He plays a he plays the sort of the leader of the of the Jewish um, community. And he is a he's a crime guy, like a he plays a absolute psycho, uh, but really great performance. Like I was like, you could, even just for that, just for this one character, it's worth watching. But it's actually a really good show. He was a pretty prominent up and coming actor for a number of years. I know it's interesting because he he was a um, scarecrow in Batman, right? Yeah, um, and Batman Begins, and then The Dark Knight Rises. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess he was in The Dark Knight, too. So he was in all three because he was in the very beginning right. part. Um, yeah, for a while he was, like, hot stuff in Hollywood. I don't know what happened. I have been watching a new YouTube channel recently which covers exactly that because I stumbled into one. And it's like, what the fuck happened to, you know, and then some random actor that you haven't heard of for four or five years or ten years. And I started watching it, and then YouTube starts recommending it to me, right? So mm-hmm. I've seen what the fuck happened to uh, Adrian Brody, uh, what the fuck happened to um, uh, Ben Affleck, um, which was quite a good one. Um, and a lot of them, oh, Mike Myers, like what happened to Mike Myers? And it talks about um, all that stuff. And Adrian Brody, apparently, I'm just about to start season four because it's towards the very end of it. Cause, and he recently just popped up in Peaky Blinders as a random, you know, just like a, <laughs> like a shitty part, right? Like yeah. a one episode mm-hmm. or two episode part. But you're talking about someone who like, you know, won an Oscar for The Pianist back in the day. And it's like how their careers go in different, funny directions. But Usually it's a case of, um, of, I've noticed the trend is either A, they suck as human beings and they're really hard to work with, so Hollywood just gets sick of them and no directors will work with them anymore. Like or, they get this upward trajectory of yeah. like, I'm cool, I'm hot stuff. Yep. And then people, like fame goes to their head and then they, oh yeah. no. Exactly. And like Mike Myers apparently was really difficult to work with because he was so uncompromising on the quality of the of what he was producing and so he would always get into fights with directors about how things should be done um blah 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 right and so that was partly he sort of got blacklisted from from a lot of things and um so definitely after the the spy who shagged me well that was kind of like austin powers the zenith that was when he really like that's what they were saying so he he was really doing really well um he got he eventually got blacklisted from saturday night live um for what did he do i don't know he shit talked the producer or something yeah you don't mess with lauren michaels yeah and that got him knocked off of that and then uh, austin powers was something that um he kind of disappeared for a couple of years and then he came out of woodwork with the character with austin powers characters and made that movie and, you know, was was big stuff again for a short period. But then he got into a massive lawsuit um, where he was literally going to have, like he, hundreds of millions of dollars he was going to have to pay. So instead of paying it, they, they, they settled out of court on the agreement that he would play Cat in the Hat. <laughs> and that's why that movie is so shite, the Dr. Seuss movie, because he was playing it just to get out of a law, of a, of a court case. And I do remember that the estate for Dr. Seuss hated it so much that they are... Yeah, they'll never do it again. They'll never let Hollywood make another movie of their book. Right. Yeah. I think they did the Lorax with uh, Danny DeVito. I think that was the last one, and that's like like the last one that they're ever going to do. Right. Um, Yeah. Because even like the Grinch and Horton Hughes, who like those are good too, but yeah, the Cat in the Hat just kind of drove the stake in the heart of those films. Yeah. So that um, didn't didn't help, but but the other reason that people disappear is usually because they like it's not because there's anything wrong with them. It's just that once they once they get an Oscar or get you know financially uh, and artistically recognized, 
um, they just do movies they want they want to do because they're more like you know about they the, made it they made it already so like um, Adrian Brody is is like a method actor right so he's one of those guys that will just like get so into the part lose all the weight you know have to go to fucking psychology psychiatrist after he's done it because it just then explain predators because so predators was interesting yeah i want my money back for that (laughs) (laughs) they did bring up predators and they said the thing is is that the reason that he thinks that they picked adrian brody for that for that role is because when they made the movie, they knew that they couldn't pick a burly guy like Arnie because people yeah. were going to Well, be they like, wanted very different. Arnie was big, yeah. and then the right. um, uh, Danny Glover was um, streetwise African-American detective that was older, right. kind of another rate in the vein of Murtaugh, yeah. um, that was just really streetwise and like how to function in the city. Um, but they wanted like a like a sleek military like younger yeah. guy. Um, they, I mean, they they went for the guy that was kind of like a a wiry, um, hardened military character, and he visually he fit that bill, um, and he didn't. Again, he's a great actor. Um, if they would have made it five years before, they probably would have got Jason Statham. Sure, right? Yeah, like, by then he was probably too yeah. buff, right? Too old, too like yeah. not in that same age range. Yeah. So yeah. But um, there was another one they did. I'm trying to think it was. It was the craziest. Um, like he would get so into the acting, um, just like Brody, but even worse. Like he was so. Shia LaBeouf. No, not him. Um, I have to. I can't remember now. You know though, Ben Affleck. He's an interesting one. He's a jerk. No, but that's the thing. You should watch it because he can give him a real hard time. And obviously, he got so much crap when he became Batman. He, he, he cheated on uh, Jennifer Gardner. So that's got nothing to do with his movie making and directing and acting and producing abilities. Which he did do a good Batman. I will give him credit for that. He did a better Batman than I would have thought he was ever going to do. Hmm. Well, fair enough. I mean, but it still kind of really hurt his career. And he was terrible at Daredevil. But but he did some amazing stuff, and he still continues to do great stuff. He had a lot of personal problems, right, in his life. Mm-hmm. Alcohol. Um, again, had an affair. Yeah. So, you know, he's a, he's a struggled. Uh, he's, a, he's someone with issues. Um, and, like, Argo was amazing, right? Argo and, was great. And he's done a lot of great things since then, and he's now doing a lot more... Um, like where he's just taking on the director role, but they, they, the guy was saying that it's not like he's had a bad career or anything. It's just that in many ways, he kind of was always doing a bit too much. It's like, he was the whole enchilada, right? He's the act, he's writing it, producing it, directing it and acting in it all at once. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of those. And they've noticed that his best stuff was when he was just doing like one thing under a really good director or just, directing it himself without being in the movie um so that, i thought that's yeah, kind of cool but i liked argo i liked the town the town to me was like the yeah, closest I of never... the of the remake of any movie of a heist or anything that i've ever seen <laughs> since watching heat the town is the closest thing that's for what me. The, that's exactly what the um the guy that made the movie said he said this movie is the closest thing you'll ever get to heat and he also said that you know, it's a great film, um, and I'd never heard of it actually. So, um, this is a good thing to watch this show because it gives you cool movies that you, you know, um, you could, you know, didn't know existed. Oh, come on! I mean, the the town has Blake Lively in it. Uh, Jeremy Renner um, has uh, John Hamm. Um, it introduced. Um, oh. I forget her name, but then she became uh, part of the villain on Iron Man 3 based off of her acting in the town. And so, like, okay. it started her career. Like, it's a really good film. I really enjoy it. So, um, like, and they do some tributes to, like, The Godfather, too. So it's, like, the heat and Godfather of of like oranges and things. And so there's some other things that are background to that. Um, but 
we've talked about like actors kind of ruining their career or for like bad things. Um, and this is like not even um, like planned. Again, we don't plan any of these episodes, but um, Rick Moranis. Yeah, what happened to him? Yeah, Rick Moranis. No, he wasn't difficult. Hmm. You know, in the early 90s, he had the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids and the strange, like, he actually gave up acting and everything in the Hollywood life because his wife died of breast cancer. Ah. And so his whole thing was that, you know, he always had parents around. The lights were always um, on and something was always like going on in the home when the kids would come home from school when he was growing up and he wanted to have that for his kids. And since his wife wasn't around mm-hmm. a mother of his children that he was like, you know what, this is important. So like, he gave up acting for that. He has done like one or two roles now that they're older. Cause he gave that up in the mid nineties, sure. but like talk about walking away for something wholesome, like a good yeah. reason. Like, I mean, I love Rick Moranis, like Little Shop of Horrors. Um, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids had a great uh, impact on me. Ghostbusters, uh, Little Giants, like all of that stuff. I mean, I I never saw him, like, I don't know what his range would have been, um, but maybe who knows what roles he would have gotten. Um, But obviously he was pretty typecast, um, which was great for that period when those kind of movies were so popular, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know where he would where he would have gone as an actor but he was good he was good at doing that and unless it was all he could do yeah he could have been great the the other one that was the other one who's a crazy method actor and who his story actually is 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 nuts and he was the one that they said should have been tom cruise really and i you know and was in a movie with tom cruise but it was val kilmer like what his career was off was ridiculous like that guy because some of the stuff he did was absolutely just phenomenal right like doc yeah. holiday um he the doors movie the doors i mean he was in some epic jim stuff morrison and he was such an actor like he was a because he was a thespian um you know he was of he was of the theater originally and apparently mm-hmm. he was an utter prick and that was the thing so on on set absolute fucking nightmare to work with like i one famous act director i don't remember who it was said i would never work with val kilmer val kilmer again even if it was a biopic about val kilmer starring val kilmer <laughs> it's like i would never work with him i want to say that was joel schumacher it might have been uh, who guy. just passed away because like yeah. they got val kilmer to play batman and batman forever right and afterwards he was like nope yeah that's it yeah never again (laughs) and then we got george clooney as batman but Uh, the thing about the thing about him was and and again this was true the doors one like getting into that the method acting of 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 how he was when you played that and that's that's one of my top 50 movies ever i mean it wasn't like a massive blockbuster in terms of money um in hollywood but it's a it's a piece of cinema that you know you know it's good it's good movie um, and I can't imagine anyone else playing that role, um, not as well as he actually did. And he was just such a method actor. He's like so into it. And, you know, the classic tales, like, you know, he has to go to a psychologist for afterwards and go into rehab because it totally fucks him, you know, loses his sense of you know, his own identity. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it was interesting to see how he ended up because he denied for years and years and years and years having throat cancer and um you know gained weight um and took the, the best part about this whole thing is is it shows all the movies they took that you never heard of the straight to video movies the absolute flops and you see them and, and and it's great to see like these actors who did some of the most biggest movies ever but they did some of the worst shit you've ever seen and it's just if like, you say what? kiss kiss bang bang i will be so angry because kiss kiss bang bang is uh, it also in my top like i would that, say a top 25 that was a good movie that top was, 15 yeah 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 that was good um and i love val kilmer in that film yeah they mentioned that too they mentioned kiss kiss bam bam but there are just some weird ones and you're like i don't even know what's going on but then he disappeared right and then he came back um but in coming back he, his voice is 
he has no voice anymore. He had throat yeah. cancer. Um, so he's done in like literally just can't be himself anymore. But yeah, he did some interesting movies um, and was a very interesting um, actor, just but a total dickhead. <laughs> oh, you know what? It might have been The Island of Dr. Moreau. That's what um, it was. That was with, the director who with, said it. Uh, yes, it was that guy. You, you look at that movie um, because that movie was just doomed because they had Marlon Brando. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in full, full Marlon Brando. Right. Just yeah. like, and then you have Val Kilmer being Val Kilmer and then you have David tools. <laughs> it's just doing what he's trying to do. And it, who later goes on to play. Um, we talked about Harry Potter. He plays um, um, Remus, right? No. Is it Remus? Dodo. Yeah, he, I, he I turns actually into the didn't werewolf. know. I didn't know about this Island of Doctor Moreau movie, and it's in the video, and there's a few shots of it, and I'm like, that looks disturbing as fuck. <laughs> like the visuals just look very disturbing. I was like, huh, weird movie. And see, I, coming back full circle, I think that that story is a H.P. Lovecraft story. Oh, okay. There you go. Like, yeah, it has that vibe. I guess it's like, ooh, yeah, like, like. It's yeah. it's crazy, bonkers, weird. Like apparently whatever it wasn't is going a on. terrible movie, but it didn't do well um, because it, they. I don't. I think the guy said it probably wasn't made at the right time. Um, the audience wasn't really made for, ready for that, um, or something like that. But I never saw it, so I couldn't say. But well, and it was made in the mid mid to late nineties. Again, kind of in that kind of. Right. Um, it was kind of right at the the zenith of of Val Kilmer popularity. Um, mm-hmm. Golly, I I just have very vivid memories of when this movie was coming out um, because Stars had just come out to like compete with HBO, Showtime, um, kind of like the premium movie subscription thing, right. and that was the one my family got. We got stars. We didn't get HBO, so like couldn't watch Band of Brothers, couldn't watch Sopranos, but you know we got to watch stars. And so they had this kind of like half hour show where like they would interview different people about movies that were coming up. And so like I remember like them interviewing Anne Hesh and and uh, um, uh, Vince Vaughn about the Psycho remake. Uh, Anaconda, Jennifer Lopez, Ice Cube, John Voight. They also talked about the Island of Doctor Moreau with David Tools. Um, like, I just vividly remember that, and that was like one of the things I watched all the time on that movie channel. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, I never got to watch this movie because I was a little too young. Um, even though my sister worked in a movie theater, and we got a preview of a whole bunch of movies uh, late at night. Um, but that was one I just never got to watch. And then even when it came out on stars, I like never could sit down and watch it from start to finish. But apparently the animatronics makeup stuff was great. Um, Mm -hmm. kind of up there with American werewolf in London, Paris, like that kind of thing of these creature costumes. Um, so like, but story is a classic, uh, but the recent Jim Henson one that they redid on Netflix, um, the what's it called the something stone or something or the you know the one uh uh, dark crystal yeah dark crystal that's the one yeah that that that. i know too much about films yeah you do (laughs) (laughs) i I should get a life (laughs) yeah no you should watch this channel there's loads of them like gives you like all these histories of all these uh all these um movie movie stars and directors and stuff and uh, it's interesting to, to see what they did and where their choices went and the decisions that they made so, sorry doctor the island of dr morrell is hg wells hg wells okay. not hp lovecraft but yeah. anywho so anyway that's what i've been doing um all that and uh, make it still working on my video game, um, being a Dungeons and Dragons Dungeon Master. 
So you got Andrew in the game. You got one Andrew's in the this. game. Yeah. So I've made some really good, interesting progress. Um, I've got to the point where, like, all the stuff is done technically speaking. So I've begun um, putting in all of the uh, basically fluffing up the characters in my game. So they all have to have their own specific schedules and move from place to place and do things at different times, you know, based on different events and things. And Andrew's in there. So Andrew, um, Andrew is a, well, he's a student in the game. He's going to be in the, so he lives in the dormitories of the university. Uh, he gets up, um, not that early, usually pretty late, which I don't think is the real Andrew. It's not a good reflection of him. I think he's an early. Yeah. He's got to get up and go to the forest super early. Yeah, maybe I'll have him do that instead. But right now he gets up and he goes to study. And then um, in the evenings, uh, more often than we do, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, I think, he goes to the studio to record the podcast with us. Um, so I've been adding all, I've got, you know, adding all the dialogue for all the characters, um, all the things they say. And then also they get, get you can give them gifts, kind of like in Stardew Valley. And then they'll say different things if you like them, if they like the gift or they don't like the gift. So there's certain things they like and don't like. Um, I haven't done Andrew's yet, so I'm not sure what he likes and doesn't like, but I'm sure we can think of something. Oh, that could be a fun podcast episode. Yeah, yeah. It'll be good. It'll be good. So, so I've been audience, audience, what does Andrew like? What does Andrew not like? Well, we know, we do know he likes, what, that's a great question. He likes Indian food. Yes. Oh, I have Indian food at home for leftovers. <sighs> You like jumped up then as if you were about to just run away from the podcast right there to go get that Indian food. <laughs> I have Indian food. Like, I'm gone, guys. I Bye. have leftovers. I haven't even eaten dinner yet tonight. It's 10 o'clock and I haven't eaten dinner. It's going to be great. Uh, right. Probably shouldn't have Indian food this late at night. <laughs> no, it's fine. Because you go to sleep, you see, and then you're not awake. So you can't poop when you're sleeping. And then when you wake <laughs> no, up. No, we're not going to have a poem. <laughs> time and poop no we're not, we're not talk about no okay. um so you got a quest for andrew are you going to give us a quest are you oh, gonna... so the quest yeah the quest for andrew is going to be the clothes challenge which is from our original episode of the podcast where it's going to be like ah oh, i got this idea for the podcast but i need clothes and then you, the, you as the player you got to run off and go and find like eight layers of clothing um you and me i think are just going to be sitting there uh you'll be able to talk to us um and maybe there's some banter between us, but at the moment I hadn't planned to make us one of the, have a main quest. Um, maybe I could throw one in. I mean, it's no big deal. Um, you hear that? He gives Andrew a life, but he doesn't give us a life. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> we're just I don't always know why. in the studio. <laughs> there was we're no rhyme or reason. I, it felt, it feels a bit self um, serving to give myself, to put myself in the game in, in, in a heavy way. Um, and then I guess you, we could give you a quest. I mean, it's easy. They got to give me a newspaper, like find the articles or something. I don't know. Oh, we yeah. don't even do articles anymore. No, we don't. Yeah, you're right. Interesting. I think of something. I mean, yeah. the ideas are easy. It's just a matter of, it's the execution that's the hard part. And how is your dating app coming along? How is your uh, swiping on the dating app, you married man? I haven't done anything because my <laughs> buddy, who I'm supposed to be doing it with, went uh, to Yellowstone um, for like 10 days and didn't get back until recently. So we haven't really done much. Uh, and honestly, with all the other stuff going on, just I haven't had time for that. And then I was disappointed to see that the crapper app, the toilet rating app, is a real thing. Not only is it a real thing, but there's a couple of them. Um, I think there's three or four uh, half-decent-ish ones. So that kind of ruined our, our, our way to fame and riches, I feel. Ours will be better. Mm, I don't know. They're not like as far as I can tell, heavily used apps. <laughs> That's why ours will be better. <laughs> is, is that right? Yeah. Um, well, we are right about the hour mark, but um, I do have a story for you this week. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. So we're stuck in this time of COVID, right? Oh, got my pen. Uh, we're stuck in this time of COVID. And right about first part of March... Um, a couple friends, we get together. This is before lockdown. We get together, and I've had this game 
sitting on my shelf for a while that I bought last summer at a conference. It's called Pandemic Legacy. Have you played Pandemic before? Mm-mm. So essentially, every character is plays some role and has abilities based on science jobs. And they go across the board trying to eliminate bacteria or viruses that are causing outbreaks and plagues in different cities across the world. Mm-hmm. So everybody who's playing the game works together as a team to defeat the game. Like you're, everybody's playing against the game. The game is trying to beat you. There's a few ways that you can win, a few ways that you can lose. Actually, there's one way you can win, and there's like five ways you can lose. It's really difficult. But in this legacy version, the game remembers, and it changes every time you play. Okay? Mm-hmm. So we start in March. Game one. There's four viruses and whatnot, and at the very start of the game, you flip over what what the virus is or something, and it's random. And it just so happens the red virus that we flip over as the one that mutates and becomes really hard to control or get under, like prevent you from losing, is the red virus, which is in Asia. Mm-hmm. And it mutates and you can't cure it, you can't do anything. And so we get through. Somehow we managed to win that first game. A week later, America shuts down. In the game? <laughs> like real in real life. Real life. So we play the game. The the virus that was mutated in the game is like in the um um Pacific Ocean, you know, the Asian Pacific Ocean region, and that virus mutates. A week later, after we play the game, the USA shuts down. Kind of the world shuts down. Mm-hmm. Everything. This weekend, we finally decided that we were going to play round two. Based on the sole fact of what... Well, the only way to end Jumanji is to play Jumanji. (laughs) And so if we didn't finish the game and what if we, if the longer it takes us to finish this legacy version of the game, that it spells disaster and it just gets worse and worse for the world. So you guys went back for more and didn't finish? Well, because you got to play it like, so the game takes place over the course of a year. So you play it at least 12 times. Uh, so the first time you play it, that marks January oh, so in the game calendar. Uh, and then the second time you play it, if you win, you're in February. If you lose, you're still in February. After that second time you play, then you move on to the third month. Sure. But you get bonuses based if you win or some other things happen if you lose mm-hmm. to the game for the next time that you play. I see. And so... This past so weekend, this is all your fault. so this past weekend we played a second time. We won, but now the red virus, which in the game is called Coda, C capital C O D capital A, like four something da da da, sure. <laughs> like the game made it that it's not curable or treatable. So we have to like prevent the spread in that particular region. So that virus is getting harder and harder to deal with Yeah, because of the game. And we barely won. And when you get, when you win, the game becomes harder the next time. And so that's where we're at. And I don't think we're going to win the next game. Well, hurry up, Marty. But <laughs> you need to finish it. And put it right. The music. only way to end Jumanji and put the game back in the box is you got to play the game. And so round two is over. We're in February. We got to get to December and, and but beat based the game. On, based on your current cadence, we'll be stuck in this situation. Yeah, we're screwed. For about eight years. We're screwed. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so uh, we do have on the calendar the next time we're going to play. It's going to be in a few weeks in August. So it's all set, ready to go. That's bar- like pending that we can get still get together and play. Well, you know, don't um, rush. It's like the world, you know, is, the world doesn't end up. It doesn't depend on fine. us. Just take your time. So, uh, 
yeah, so that happened just to kind of fill in everybody in on that situation. So uh, don't blame me. Don't blame me. But there you're we gonna go. Have a SWAT, you're going to have a SWAT team at your house <laughs> within 20 minutes and all your friends and they're going to drag you off to some warehouse and make you play this game through. Well, and I was the one who was like, guys, we should finish this because what if this is actually what's going on? So <laughs> they, um, what did they say to that? Well, and I sent it at the right time, too, because my buddy um, was going through a rough week of some personal stuff. Um, and he was like, I needed that. That made me laugh out. That legitimately made me laugh out loud. I really needed that. And so he was like, yes, we'll we'll get together and play that soon. And so from that day, that started us getting like putting the, the day on the calendar that we were going to play this next round. Right, well, and so we're relying on you. So with that, we'll have Jumanji uh, hopefully uh, fixed here. Um, but with that, let's talk, a, like, just finish some things up real quick. Uh, we got to get H- Hannah back on here to uh, see about our tarot, how the month worked out, because July is yeah, up. We need true. to get our tarot read for next week. Um, so listen to that. Also, we, uh, Andrew just got word from, um, uh, Aaron and Sarah, uh, our Rockets Engaged couple from one of our early, early episodes about doing a follow up, catch up with them a year later. So that's coming down the pipeline too. And so we're getting those details worked out. So, spoiler um, alert. I know, They're but obviously still married. Yes. <laughs> There's no well, juice there. There's no juice there. I don't know. Actually, Andrew was the one who reached out to him. Hmm. So, um, or I don't know how it exactly happened. He'll, whatever. But that those are things that are coming up. So next week, hopefully we can get Hannah back on the podcast um, and then look for Rockets Engage 2 um, here in the near future. So we got that in the pipeline. Uh, Neil, any final thoughts? Anything that we learned? How did we do without Andrew? I think we did fine. I mean, obviously we miss him. Where would we be without our venerable leader? But um, we we managed to fill an hour of conversation, right? Mostly about movies, I think. But and but that was good. I think we did a okay. Yeah. Now it will just come down to my editing. Yeah, well, at least we've only got two audio files to put together. All right. Well, with that, um, we are Plans Are Optional. You can find us on Facebook, Plans Are Optional, or on the Twitter, the Twitter, Optional Plans. 